0: Hello, everyone. This is Dorothy Stewart. Welcome to another episode of Fireside Chats on the Young Mind, brought to you by Old Firehouse School. You know, we've all been there. We've been really busy and we've handed over our, our iPad to a child. You feel guilty about that? You don't feel guilty about that? What's the story about that? I've got two experts here to talk about that relationship, those feelings, and the kind of skills or reasons that that might even be a good idea. I'm here today with Danielle Roach and Alex Dutton. They are two experts in early childhood education at Old Firehouse School, and they both have lots of experience on this topic. So... How do you feel about this, Alex?
1: So I've had mixed feelings about it. And it's been a journey that I've gone on as a teacher as well as a parent. And it was really something, Dorothy, that you brought up as something we wanted us to consider about using iPads in school. And it it happened right at the time that my oldest child was about a year and a half. And so I was kind of just having to think about it. I've been on, on many sides of like no technology or no screen time at all to actually there are really benefits if I'm careful about it and if I set appropriate limits. So I have definitely seen all the different angles and,
2: and what can be done and what we need to know.
0: Danielle, I'm not sure you came to this to begin with any negative stuff or did you?
2: Um, I don't know that I had negative feelings about it, but definitely hesitant feelings about it. I wasn't sure how it was going to go in the classroom, especially with big groups of kids, how they were going to react to it, if there was going to be fighting, and how to really come up with a plan to introduce it to kids in the right way.
0: As far as I'm concerned, about six or seven years ago, I started going to conferences on early childhood education and technology, and I became an early adopter here, that there were really things that we could get out of this. We looked deeper, and in the end, we ended up doing a big research project with a control group and with different methods of teaching math to young children, and we found out that iPads could not be the main thing or definitely very helpful for children learning math skills. So that's where I've come from. Now that you've had this time, why don't you talk to us about how you do use it, Danielle?
2: Using in the classroom with two-year-olds, which is where we start, we start with some calming games and some colorful games, just ways to introduce it to groups of children so they can see the colors, they can start with conversations, naming shapes, and teachers are always there using it directly with the children, creating conversation and social interactions between the children. And then when we move on to the three and four-year-old classrooms, we start introducing more math games and storytelling apps just ways for kids to excel their skills that they already have honed in with the teachers and then to also in addition with project work. So ways to excel in those areas.
0: Okay, so Alex, why don't you talk about how your feelings as a parent have developed? You talked a little bit about how you change as a teacher or early childhood educator, but what as a parent?
1: Well, of course, there's a lot of negative stuff out there about screen time. And the thing that's really hard to know, of course, is that there's there's negative things about screen time, but it's not like you can really get away from it. It's everywhere. There are iPads everywhere. There, are, My kids know how to use my iPhone better than I know how to use it. My youngest child was two years old and he figured out the backdoor way to open my iPhone without having to know how to enter the key code. There's just no way for them to get away from screens and whatnot. So I had a lot of reservations about it initially when it became clear that ipads were just going to be a part of our life and technology was going to be more present in the children's life and i think after again reading and learning more about it i've just found you have to be careful obviously you have to do your research and when you do those things it can really be beneficial and support what you want the children to learn but i like what danielle was saying in terms of using it in the classroom it's always used in relationship and in context to other people and to in things that are happening in the classroom. And that's an important piece of the use of technology with young children.
0: Do you ever see the children kind of getting addicted to it? They just want to play and play and play and then they don't do other things? This is
1: what I've discovered as a parent is the way that children play certain games or watch YouTube or whatever at home. Yes, of course it can become addictive. So you really as a parent have to manage that. Set parental controls. I know that a lot of parents um, have not realized that you can do that or that there's something like YouTube kids versus just regular YouTube. There's a lot of ways to set parental controls. The difference in using it in the classroom that we've discovered is that because there are other kids around and there's so many interesting things at school, they don't get addicted to it, or they don't want to just play the iPad only at school. There's so many other things to do, but I think at home it can be
2: trickier.
0: So Danielle, when you introduce this in the classroom, do children just not want to share and sit there by themselves and playing all for hours? On the games?
2: No. One child will sit down and play it and the kids will all come around and they'll talk to each other and they'll say, oh, this one, tick this one, do this one. And they all start talking about it. They start naming what's going on. Kids will actually stop and ask other kids for help. Sometimes even children who don't necessarily need it. They want to engage each other. And then we've also chosen specific games that time out after a certain point. They don't just go on and on and on. So they'll time out and the kids will get up and go play with their friends, do something else.
0: Play with blocks. So you guys are both saying it can be a social experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: it can be. But again, at home is going to be different than at school. But at school, we have seen it be really social. And I think being careful about what activities are offering, like a math game that has a natural timer that you're going to end after 10 activities. And it's like a three minute long thing that's different than, again, handing your child an iPad to watch YouTube videos, which could go on for a long time.
0: What about all that stuff about pediatricians saying that it's not a good thing and no screen time? And what do you guys have to say about that?
1: There's a lot of different things out there that help parents guide them. The American Association of Pediatrics actually has a stance on it, and it is that they don't want you to have more than one hour of passive screen time. There's a difference between passive and interactive use. Passive use is where they're doing what I've been saying, like where they're just watching a video, and doing that for more than an hour is not recommended. But both the AAP and the National Association for the Education of Young Children and the Zero to Three Organization, those Those are organizations that say if it's interactive, you can be a little bit more flexible, still probably less than two hours a day. But if it's interactive, if kids are using it and they're thinking and they're playing a game and they're doing it with other people, that's not so terrible. So you don't really have to think about it the same way as you do passive viewing.
0: So it sounds like the benefits are the social skills it brings up. What are some other specific benefits that you can call out?
2: For me, I am aware that math is a subject that's a little bit harder for me. It's not something I was ever really felt really good at. It's not something I felt like I excelled at. So being aware of that as a teacher now, I have to be mindful of introducing it in the classroom and keeping it in the classroom The iPads are able to help me supplement in that way because numbers are really hard. Visible numbers are really hard for me to keep in the classroom so the kids can constantly see them. So I use the iPad games, specifically the math games, to show the children numbers, have them counting, and the kids really engage in it. They enjoy doing it. It's not something that makes them feel like they're doing it wrong. If they do it wrong, they are able to correct themselves when they're doing it wrong. It's just been a great way for me to supplement in an area that I find hard to do.
1: So in terms of relationships and social development, there are actually really specific things that technology helps us do that we didn't have the option of doing before, like Skype or FaceTime. Now when grandma or grandpa live far away, your two-year-old can have a, a conversation with them and see their reactions, which is so much easier for children to understand than talking on the phone to grandma and grandpa, which I, if any of you have children like Me that just didn't understand the like, I don't I don't want to keep talking to this voice, but they're very happy to engage with the person that they can see on the phone. So that's a wonderful benefit where it's helped create
2: and keep bonds over time. It's also a way for children to be able to have immediate access to research. So when they have questions or they have curiosities or wondering about something, you don't have to wait to go find it out. It's something you can hop on an iPad or computer and be able to look things up right away and show and continue the conversation and the curiosities immediately.
0: So it really builds knowledge. It can.
1: And we've seen that happen in the classroom. The kids are already used to this.
2: When one of our children in our
1: four-year-old classroom wanted to know about what a blueprint of something would look like, and he just asked the teacher, well, can you look it up for me? And she said, oh, I'll do it later. She's like, he said, you know, you can just look on your phone, right? Like he knew. <laughs> so so they're very aware of how immediately they can understand something. And then he did use that knowledge when he saw what a blueprint looked like to actually build something in the classroom that was reflecting what he had just learned.
0: So let's talk for a minute about the negative
1: effects. The rules for children and the rules for adults are kind of the same. Like technology should not be a replacement for relationships or interacting with the real world. That's what we have to be careful about. So it really shouldn't take place of real life experiences, real interactions with people and real relationships. And as the adults, as the parents, as the educators, we are the ones who have the control for the children. So we need to make sure we're setting limits for children. We know what the limitations are and that you also keep in mind who your child is, what the benefits are going to be for that child using this particular technology piece at this moment in time, or is it going to lead to a meltdown? You know, maybe think about what's going to be appropriate for your individual children.
0: The two of you are trained, educated early childhood educators. How is a parent supposed to know what's appropriate and what is not?
1: Unfortunately, the ones that tend to be the highest rated ones on the iTunes store are often games that are not necessarily appropriate for preschoolers. And even if they say they're geared towards preschoolers, they're maybe just fancy flashcards on an iPad or on a phone. And oftentimes, too, a lot of free games will include ads that are going to be annoying for your child to see or stop them from being able to ex- you know, experience it well. So definitely use this website, commonsensemedia.org. They have listings of what's appropriate for different age ranges, whether you're looking for an educational game whether you want something specifically that's going to help them with math or with letters or with socialization or science. And it really breaks it down and it tells you what other parents have said about the game, too. That's the one that I've used to find all of the stuff for my children.
2: Because I use the math applications to supplement a lot in my classroom, the two apps that we have found most useful have been Bugs and Bubbles and Bugs and Numbers. Each have three different pages of games you can select from, and each page gets harder and harder. So a lot of the games that we play are on the first page right now, and there's a lot of counting and patterns. And then... The math skills that I have noticed from the games are addition, patterns, math sequencing, math language, and some of the four-year-olds are actually starting to play coding games. So they started with um, physical coding games in the classroom, and now they're moving to the iPads and being able to make sequences through the codes.
1: The way that we've done it at OFS too, again, is it's always in
2: context. It's
1: matching up with something that's happening in the classroom. So it's really supplementing and it's really adding on to something. It's it's not a babysitter. It's not do this so I don't have to hang out with you right now. It's it's really supporting the children's learning.
0: Are there some other recommendations you'd make? I
1: think as a parent and as an educator, everybody should also look at the zero to three dot org website and it's the words zero two to three spelled out dot org they will have help in talking about screen time with young children zero to three years old the naeyc website which is again the national association for the education of the young child they will also explain their stance on technology and i think that's important to know what what's appropriate what's going to be safe for children And besides those two websites, know that there are other things that can really help develop children's language and math skills. So Danielle mentioned bugs and bubbles and bugs and numbers. There's another one called Moose Math. There are lots of really great storytelling apps where kids can add voiceover to a drawing that they've done or a picture that they've taken. And we did use these in our school before the Osmo kits, which is a nice way to have actual tactile tiles that children use to work with iPads too. So I think just, again, kind of being able to open to exploring is important. And starting off with one or two games at home that are going to be beneficial are also really useful rather than buying 10 at a time. See what your child likes, see what what their interest is and how long they can be on something and whether or not it's something you want to keep doing.
0: So to finish up, we just like to say to remember that children model what they see their adults do in their lives so the way you use technology is probably the way your child is going to use technology so be mindful of that so that's it and again i like to thank alex stutton and danielle roach and i'm dorothy stewart signing off from old firehouse school thank you dorothy thank you thank you and thank you all for listening to fireside chats on the young mind
1: Being a working parent means that I am always rushing to make sure things are done. You know what helps? The OFS concierge services. If I know my husband will be on a trip, I'll order dinner ahead of time and just take it straight from the OFS fridge when I go home with my child. One less thing to worry about. Or when I'm about to host a party at my house, I'll use Housekeeping Delphine to clean my house before, or sometimes after, the party. The best part is part of their fees go back to my child's teacher, who deserves so much. I love that I am getting a service and also giving back to her. Check out the OFS website at www.oldfirehouseschool.com to find out more about the concierge services, which include school lunches, nanny services, and a family photographer.